Oh, hallelujah. Oh, every time I go over Second Chronicles 20, I get just every time I read that, I get excited and think about that. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, Pastor Justin had started uh, a series on encounters and uh, hallelujah. And so I get to tag team with Brother Eric tonight. And uh, so, amen, hallelujah, woo, woo, right? And, uh, oh, thank you, Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your word. Oh, my goodness, every time we open this book, it's an encounter in the name of Jesus. Two-dimensional words that bring freedom, four dimensions when you read it. It comes logos, but, man, when you meditate on it, it turns into rhema in the name of Jesus, and it just unlocks the keys of the kingdom of heaven. So, Lord, as your words are spoken tonight, Lord, as the Bible is spoken tonight, Lord, we just thank you for your anointing on every word that's spoken in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Three ways I got encounters from the Lord, right? When I got born again, oh, my. You talk about an encounter? Yeah. When you got born again, what happened? There was an encounter, wasn't there? You became a new creature, right? That seed got in on the inside of you, and you received the Lord. And in the name of Jesus You became a new creature and the very presence of God himself, the very spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. That spirit dwells in you. You know, Moses didn't get that. And I I, I still am pondering on that. He never got to experience that. They got to experience the Holy Spirit with them and around them, but they never got to experience the new birth. You did. And I'm telling you what, when the Holy Spirit speaks to you and that you get that, what you call the inward witness, that is supernatural. That is the Holy Spirit working and moving in you, and that is supernatural, and the world doesn't have that. And I just get excited every day because I get up, because when I get up, I got the supernatural living in on the inside of me. Oh, my goodness. He leads me. He guides me. He blesses me. He talks to me. He keeps me out of trouble. He keeps me and shows me how to grow. That is an encounter right there. Second way for an encounter, right? I want to go to Proverbs chapter 1. This is what I did when, when, when I get encounters with the Lord. Every time I open up my Bible, every time I open up this book, and Nikki had made mention of it uh, uh, a couple weeks back, when, or actually it was last, last week when she was talking about this. Um, every time you open this book, expect an encounter with the Lord, because I do. I get encounters all the time. I got notes all over my Bible. It's just lines and little, little notes everywhere in here because it's an encounter, and I meditate on it. Psalms twelve six. The word is purified seven times over like a furnace, refined, right? You get that word of God on the inside of you, and you begin to meditate on it. You begin to speak it. You get it in your eyes and get it in your ears, and you begin to meditate on it. And it begins to purify you because it's purified, right? And all of a sudden, that revelation comes. You take that chunk of gold that you just dug up out of that ground, and you purify that and refine it to where it becomes pure in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Verse 1, the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. Verse 2, to know wisdom and instruction. Do you want to have an encounter? I got up here. Relationship with the Father in his level of living, his level of life. Do you want to know his wisdom? Do you want to know how the Heavenly Father lives in his plans? Do you want to know how he lives and operates? Okay. Do you want that wisdom? Do you want that instruction? You're a three-part being, right? You are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in the body, right? Do you want to learn how to do instructions? That word in the Hebrew is musar. It means discipline. Discipline in your thinking. Because you got to have your thinking right, too. It's, it's not enough just to be born again and have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. You have to learn how to think all over again. And that comes with encounters with the Word of God. And you learn how to discipline your flesh, and you learn how to discipline your thinking. Do you want to perceive the words of understanding? That word in the Hebrew is bina. That means you want to have the actual voice of the Lord start speaking on the inside of you and actually talking to you. Do you want to understand how to decipher and how to hear from the word of God? Oh, when I read that, I got excited, man. How to apply and discern the words of the kingdom of heaven. I wrote that down there. This is what happens. These are the encounters I get when I read the word of God, okay? Oh, my goodness. Look at verse 3. Do you want to receive the instruction of wisdom? Do you want to learn how to walk in them? Do you want to have it like it's second nature? I mean, do you want it to actually be your nature on the inside of you? Do you want that instruction of wisdom and justice and judgment? Do you want to be able to discern between what's right and what's wrong in every situation, to know what's truth and what is not truth in every situation? Do you want to give subtly in verse 4 to the simple? Now, when I read that, I got excited. 
because I'm a guy that just went with the flow. I just rolled the dice, and whatever number came up, that's what I thought was what God wanted for me, right? I mean, that's literally how I was living my life. And then I got born again, and I'm reading this, and I said, hey, wait a minute, Lord. You can give this ability to think like God, walk like God, act like God, and I can get encounters from the Word of God, and I can get all this knowledge on the inside of me, and you can make this simple guy right here wise because it says the simple to the young man he'll get knowledge and discretion and i saw that and i knew right then and there that this word should never be taken for granted every time you get into this word of god it's an encounter every time you meditate on it it's an encounter every time you begin to speak it it's an encounter you walk around all day thinking about that and speaking it and you get it in and you get it out of you and you begin to ask the lord to open it up to you Those that hunger and thirst for righteousness get filled. So I began to cry out just what the Lord said in here. So look at verse 5. A wise man will be what? A guy who graduated and has got 10 degrees or a guy who's really smart in mathematics or a guy who's got a degree in something. Is that a wise man? No. It says here a wise man will just simply take the word of God, have an encounter, and will hear. He will hear. He will hear. You will hear. When you get into this word of God and you begin to to speak it and meditate that, you will hear. It will speak to you. The Holy Spirit said, I will bring it to your remembrance. Oh, and you will increase in learning. You will become a man of understanding. You will attain unto wise counsel. And I put up here, when I was doing my meditation, you'll be face to face with the Lord, just like Moses. You'll be just like Daniel. I mean, Daniel read the word. He prayed daily. He meditated on the word. Moses would do the same thing, right? To under, verse 6, to understand the Proverbs and the interpretation of the words of the wise and their dark sayings. Yeah, yeah. The mysteries of the kingdom of heaven for you, revealed to you through his word, by his spirit, by the Holy Ghost. Oh, man, when I read this. Now, I want you to go to chapter 2, and we're going to go to verse 1. What do those first two words say? My son. Now, folks, people have talked about how when sometimes the glory comes on, there's a heaviness in that glory that comes on them. When I got hungry for the word of God and I read those two words, my son, all of a sudden a heaviness came over me from the presence of the Lord. And I wept the whole day just out of those two words right there, my son. And I pictured myself on the lap of God, the father himself. And it was just me and him. And he was looking at me and hugging me. And he was calling me, you're my son. You're my daughter. And I'm going to teach you all I know. I'm going to teach you how to be like me. And I'm going to do it by encounters in the word of God. And so he says, if you can hide my commandments within you, right? So that you incline your ear unto my wisdom. Well, you get into the Word of God. You begin to meditate on it. Your spirit begins to grow. I eat food. I don't tell my tummy what to do. It just knows to take it, and it knows what to do with it, right? I read the Word of God, and it gets in my spirit. My spirit man knows what to do with it. I begin to get into the frequency of the Lord, right? Oh, wow. Incline your ear to my wisdom and apply. Start applying it. Start applying it in your life. Put it to work in your life, right? Your heart to my understanding. Yes, if you cry after this knowledge, and you lift up your voice for understanding. And I got chunk of raw gold here. And you refine it. And you go over it, right? And if you go over it, and you go over it, and you get skill, you begin to learn how to practice in it, right? Like baby bird feeding mama bird. And so I was reading the Hamash, you know. I got some of those books uh, from the uh, Art Scroll Institute, you know, the Institute in Jerusalem there. So I, I started ordering these Art Scroll books, and I started reading the Old Testament Proverbs and all that from the Hamash and all those books, right? And one of the rabbis talked about how a mama bird takes the food that's on the inside of her and puts it, and it comes out of her belly and goes into the mouth of the baby, and it's, intro, it, it's done mouth to mouth, from the stomach to the stomach, Oh, my goodness. It doesn't, it sounds a little kind of weird, right? But when I, when I read that, oh, wow. I get it, Lord. I get it. He wants to take the very DNA, the very essence of him, and put it on the inside of you. And he wants to do it through the word of God. Oh, I got so excited about that. 
So, yeah, so verse 4, if you seek her as silver and you search for her as, uh, as hid treasures, right, then you're going to find understanding and the fear of the Lord. You'll find the knowledge of God, for the Lord gives wisdom, and out of his mouth, remember, mama bird to baby bird, out of his mouth will come that knowledge and that understanding. And he lays that wisdom up for us. It's hidden for us. Isn't that neat? You got the map. You got the X on the map. You know where it is, and you get to dig it up, right? And it's hidden from the rest of the world, but not from you because you're born again. And so I just wanted to share that part. And then the other part I want to share is in John chapter 14. And uh, as we go there, I'm just going to, for the sake of time, because I want to give my partner here time to get in the word here and, and see what the Lord has from him. But in John chapter 14 and verse 15, he says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Well, where is his commandments at? In the word of God, right? So if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And I'm going to pray the Father, and he's going to give you another comforter, which means the exact same one, no different than the one Jesus has. I'm going to give you the exact same comforter. He's going to abide with you forever. He's called the spirit of the truth. The world can't receive it because they can't put them in a box. They can't hold them. They can't examine it and study it like something physical. No, this is something that requires spiritual. This is something that God created the universe with. He created the universe with the, with the Word of God. He created the universe by faith. He created the universe with the Holy Spirit. That's how God created these things. And the intellect of man will never be able to understand the Word of God. That's why you got to get born again, because you'll never be able to see the kingdom of heaven, right? So that's why they can't receive him. But you know him because he'll dwell with you and he'll be in you. I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to come to you. You know, when he talks about a little while, he'll, he'll come back. He'll leave. He's got to come back. But he says in verse 20, at that day, you will know that I am in the father and you're in me and I'm in you. If you have my commandments and you keep them, that's the person that loves me. And he that loves me will be loved by my father. I will love him. <laughs> look, look at that last verse and will manifest myself to him. You talk about encounters. So hallelujah. So when you get born again, the Holy Spirit comes in on the inside of you and Jesus said that he came to not only baptize, but to also give you fire, right? The Holy Spirit and fire, fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. All right. So now here's where I got to tell you what I did. So I go to the book of Isaiah and I'm reading the sixth chapter, right? And Isaiah is talking about how Uzziah is king. And he talks about how all of a sudden he has an encounter with the Lord. Oh, this gets my attention. So I'm reading this, you know. This is when I was in Cape Cod. This is back in like 2003, you know, 2000. Yeah, somewhere around. I think it was 2002. And um, I'm reading that, and I'm like, oh, this sounds interesting, you know. So, I, I'm, you know, I, I, I want to learn about this. So he says he sees all these, these angels buzzing around the throne of God, Right. Wings up here, covering her eyes, wings covering her feet, and the other two, they're flapping. So they're just buzzing around like bugs around, a, you know, one of those zapper lights at night. I mean, they're just going around. And every time they go around, they get some new revelation from the Lord. So they're like, whoa, Lord, you're holy. Holy, holy, holy are you, Lord, you know. You are, you are awesome, right? So as, as they're going around and they're doing this, Isaiah begins to hear the Everything begins to rattle, and everything begins to shake. The posts are shaking. He sees Jesus standing there. There's a train in there. Smoke begins to fill everything. And all of a sudden, he realizes, man, I am in the presence of the Lord. I am actually seeing the Lord, right? And uh, for whatever reason, he, he thinks he's going to die. But I really believe his flesh felt naked right then and there. He real, and he didn't have born-again spirit at that time. So I really believe he felt like, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. You know, I'm standing in the pure presence of the Lord. And I'm a, you know, I, dude, man, I'm a sinner. I'm out of this, you know. The angel does something. The angel takes the tongs, grabs one of those coals, and puts it on his lips, right? And immediately he begins to hear from God. And immediately he begins to speak and have a conversation with God. And I wanted that. And the Lord said, you know, who can I send? And he said, send me, right? And how long do I preach this? Until everything's destroyed. I mean, until the last man's standing, you know? And uh, so I wanted that. I wanted that encounter. So for that whole week, I went over that, and I began to meditate on it, and I began to speak it over and over again. And I began to go to the New Testament and said, Lord, you said in your word you would baptize in the Holy Spirit, right? I want that encounter. I want it. But I started it with the Word of God. And so I began to praise the name of Jesus. And somewhere about maybe four or five days later, 
all of a sudden, this big, heavy glory of the Lord comes on me, and I fall asleep, right? And uh, from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet, and then back out again, and it grabbed my mouth, and I said, I will confess the name of Jesus in the heavens. I will confess the name of Jesus on the earth. I will confess that Jesus is the Christ. And I heard a rushing sound, just sounds of like like air being sucked out of a room, you know? And, and I woke up from that. And ever since then, I have had encounters with the Lord every time I've opened up the Bible. So what I want to encourage you is, in this small time that I've had the opportunity, this Word of God, when you get into that, you're going to have experiences with, with the Lord, experiences from heaven. When you get baptized in the Holy Ghost, that's when you begin to really get to be used by God. I mean, you get the Spirit of the Lord on the inside of you. But I encourage you to use the Word of God, to get in on it, and uh, to allow the Holy Spirit to use you, to grow in you, and allow the Holy Spirit to fill you and be baptized with that fire. And um, because all, your whole life will change from that. And brother, let me let, me let you take over, bro. So, <laughs> yes. All right. Y'all good? How many of you brought your word? If you did, just kind of hold it up and wave it around. You give the devil an excedrin headache, number 472. You know, over the last, uh, how many of you know we're in, living in the end times? And one thing that's happened is that our enemy, Satan, has tried to reduce this to just a book. And the Bible, which is the Word of God, has many things to say about the Word itself. And one of the things it says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, is that it's alive and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. And so that means that uh, this has life. This Word has life. And it, one of the, I think it's in Psalms, Psalms, uh, somewhere I think I wrote it down, but it says that I sent, he said, I sent my word to heal you. So in the word, there's healing. And so to say that uh, you don't have an encounter when the word is being preached is to reduce the word to just you know, a book or uh, one time I, I was asking the Lord, I said, Lord, you know, I'm just <clears throat> this this thing that, that I've been up against. What is this thing? I mean, I, I get up, I pray. He said, you're not spending enough time in the Word. Because if you really understand the, the importance of what this is, the weightiness of it and how it will help your life, you, you would be excited to hear it. Because Joseph mentioned it, it's, it's, the, it's the seed of the Word of God that gets on the inside of us that brings salvation. It's the power, the Word, the Gospel, is the power of God to salvation, which is the greatest miracle. We talk about miracles, all the blind eyes and deaf ears open and this. The greatest miracle is someone that has been recreated. They were dead in their spirit. Now they're alive. This transformation that takes place on the inside of them is the greatest miracle. They are saved from eternal separation from God. Hopelessness. They're saved from all hopelessness. Because ultimately, hopelessness is eternity without God. No hope. That is no hope. And so, as I was looking or thinking about this, about encounters, in John chapter 1, verse 1, I'm reading now the New King, uh, New King James. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So you mean the Bible was with God? The Bible? What's he talking about? In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was what? He 
was in the beginning with God. Who is he? All things were made through him. Who is him? Three of you are getting it. And without him, that's why we got to keep preaching the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So, and without him, who is? Nothing was made that was made. So when God's, when he's talking about nothing was made that was made, he's talking about the heavens, the earth, nothing was made without Jesus. In him, who are we talking about? Jesus was life. And the life was the light of men. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the So we know based on that, and Jesus saying that, that, that this passage is talking about Jesus. And Jesus also said, it says, and that life was the light of men. Jesus also said in, in a couple different places, I am the light of the world. So we know this is talking about Jesus. So we go back to verse 1. In the beginning was the word which is Jesus. And the word Jesus was with God and the word was God. And the light shines, verse 5, in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. Now skip down to verse 14. And the word... Who are we talking about? Became flesh. And what? Dwelt among us. So here Jesus is. Now he is flesh and blood. The word Jesus is now dwelling among men. And we beheld his glory and the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of him, Jesus, And cried out saying, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me is preferred before me for he was before me. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So when the word is spoken, it was accompanied by faith. And so the living word, Jesus, that walked this earth had many encounters with people. And when people encountered the living word, faith came. So when the word spoke, faith came. And so, like for example, Jesus, when he was, uh, came up to the, the, the man that was lame at the pool of Bethesda, and uh, Jesus came up to him and said, do you want to be made well? I studied this out, and what, that, what he was asking him was, and, and commentators that have studied this, This was God's best offer, extending his best offer that he was ready and willing to make a change here or to change this man's life. And so when he said, do you want to be made well? Faith came. And so that man on the inside of him that had been there 38 years had to see himself differently on the inside to get up and walk. But my point is, is that Jesus being the word, when people encountered him and he spoke to him, there was change. But there was also some that never changed that encountered Jesus. Because they didn't receive the word. And so it says that he was without honor uh, in his own house. In his own town, among his relatives. Because why? Because they didn't receive the word. Our life, an encounter with the word of God will change someone's life forever. And we're going to talk a little bit about this today. Because it's important that we put a draw on the Word of God. Turn with me to Mark chapter 3. This is very important. 
And what Satan has tried to do is reduce the Word of God, church, to a tradition, a religion that has no power, that can't change anything, but you can check it off your list. Why, 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 if the word isn't powerful, why has it been kicked out of schools? Think about it. Satan knows what the word is. In fact, he, he tried to use the word against Jesus to get Jesus to do stupid stuff. So, uh, I was in, uh, we used to go out to the prison in Michigan, prison ministry, and I walked in one day and uh, the guy was walking out and I knew that he had been, uh, he was a preacher of sorts and I knew he had been out to minister to, uh, somebody out there and, and, uh, he had a Dr. Seuss book. And so I was, I'm checking in, well, what service are you here for? And they, you know, they, they call it Protestant, Protestant service. We're here for that. And, and, um, oh, you're here for the Protestant service. Oh, like, oh, yeah. What about you? Oh, yeah. We, uh, we had a lesson out of Dr. Seuss today. Well, Dr. Seuss, as much as you may love him, <laughs> is not alive and powerful and, ha- and wasn't with God in the beginning and didn't have all things created through him. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, green eggs and ham may be great to eat, but it's not going to change your life forever. And I used to be into, uh, you know, motivational speakers and all that stuff is good. I'm not against it, but it's not something that's eternal. Psalm 119.89 says, Standing firm in the heavens and fastened to eternity is the word of God. Standing firm in the heavens and fastened to eternity is the word of God. Someone's, listen, this is how powerful this is. Someone's life can change for eternity by hearing the word of God and receiving it. Well, it's one thing to hear it, and, and, but you have to be a, a doer. You have to, you have to uh, receive it, be, believe it, receive it, and then do it. And so that's all part of We're not going to talk about that. But I'm, I'm talking about the encounter with the Word. So you're in Mark 3. Mark chapter 3, verse 7. Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the sea, and a great multitude from Galilee followed him. A great multitude followed the word. A great multitude followed the word. They were hungry to hear the word. Because the word can change your life forever. How can they hear? They don't have a preacher. So they were hungry to hear the word and and then... Jerusalem and beyond the Jordan and those from Tyre and Sidon, a great multitude, when they heard how many things he was doing, came to see him. And so he told his disciples that a small boat should be kept ready for him because of the multitude, lest they should crush him. So there were so many people that wanted to heal the word, to hear the word. And they had pressed in on him. It says, for he healed many, the word healed many. I've been in services uh, in Ukraine and Russia where we, we have experienced people that were just in the service, in their seats, listening to the word and healing came. And pains that they came in with, they didn't leave with. I've experienced this myself. I had knee pain and I remember the service. I remember the time and I did. I wasn't conscious of it at the time. I was just sitting under the word, you know, uh, uh, just taking it in, receiving it into my heart, into my spirit, so that I can grow from it. And when we uh, were ending the service, the, uh, our pastor said, "The word 
has been uh, flowing tonight. That he, there's been a healing anointing that's been flowing with the Word of God. And if you'll stand up and check yourself, you won't have the pains that, that you came in with. I, I started checking myself. And my, oh, hey, that, hey, that pain, that pain wasn't there anymore. <laughs> Start doing a little Elvis on that thing. But I've seen that. I've experienced that. Just sitting under the Word. Just soaking in the Word. But there's a, there's a hunger and there's, a, there's an expectation that we must put on the Word because the vessel that gives the Word, but the Word of God, the power's in this Word. Now, I am anointed and called and ordained by God. So if you don't receive me, then you won't receive the word that God gives me to preach. And then you won't receive the benefits of the word that will change your life forever. And there have been people that have not received us and received the word in which we brought to them. They rejected it. I did my part. I went to God. I said, what do you want me to say? He says, say this. I said this. They had an opportunity, a choice, to believe it and receive it and it to help their lives. See, a lot of people have reduced this to a book of rules. You used to hear when you weren't saved, oh, it's just uh, you, you Christians, you got all your rules. No, they're not rules. There, there are uh, words from God that are for our benefit so that we don't fall into sin and destruction and death. I mean, there's everything that pertains to life and godliness is in this word. There's, you, can, you can learn how to parent in this word. Oh, that's, uh, that, that was back then, you know, that's, that's just old school. Yeah, God's as old school as it gets. There's not probably any more old school than God. I was sitting with some folks today and there was a younger couple across and and this couple was probably our age. And I said, you know, I don't know uh, if you could say this anymore from the pulpit. Uh, but we spanked our kids, our kid. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we spanked him. Why? Because we saw in the word that if you, if you don't spare the rod of correction, if you spare the rod of correction, then you will spoil them. There's another uh, scripture that says about the rod of Christ. I didn't plan to say any of this. Here's your parenting class. There's another scripture that said about the rod of correction that if you don't, that you hate your child. It's right in the word. Well, we didn't hate our child. Did we, did we like to spank him? No one's going to say, oh, I just love spanking my child. It gave me great pleasure. And so I said this kind of jokingly today because I knew what we had done. In fact, there was a time where it was like, we have to do this every day. <laughs> and so Nikki's like upset about it. And what, remember what the Lord told you? Remind me. <laughs> There's a verse in Proverbs that said, if you continue to discipline your child, he will bring you great joy. And so we clung to those words by faith. <laughs> now, he was a good, he was a good uh, young man. I remember uh, growing up, you know, people, people want to reduce that, though, to, well, that's a different generation. You can't, you can't do that with this generation. Okay, so... So then let's just do this. Let's just throw it out. Or is it good for every generation? So, I didn't mean to go off on all that, but there it is. Receive it or reject it. 
But these people, <laughs> these people were hungry for the word. I, I mean, I remember my parents, you know, my dad, it was like when he pulled his belt off, it's like, <laughs> it was like he could do it all in one motion and then fold it together just like that. And he would take me by the, by the arm like this and, and we would go in circles like this. We would go in circles. So I remember, you know, when I, when uh, I had discipline Drew, we didn't put a, uh, put him in the corner. We didn't give him timeouts because I didn't see that in the word. Son, hang on. If your son is bad, give him a timeout. Oh. I know I'm kind of meddling, but I'm just kind of like an associate minister, so. <laughs> but anyway, so I so I'd start to I'd start to to spank him, and he did this thing. I'm gonna die! I'm gonna die! I'm gonna die! Oh, I'm gonna die! So I found a scripture that said. If you beat him with the rod, he will not die. There's a scripture that says it. So I, so I sit down with him. I say, here, sit down right here before we do this. Now, now read what that says. If you beat him with the rod, he will not die. Now, see there? You won't die. So stop saying that. Take it like a man. But we, we, you know, we tried as parents. This is no condemnation, you know, if you gave your kids timeouts. I'm just trying to be funny. But we, we tried as parents to stick to something that's alive and powerful. Not, I'm, not against, I'm not against what people write in the books and things like that. But there came a time in my life where... I, I sat under so many of those being in business where it was motivating and it lasted a solid two weeks and then it was gone because it just wasn't eternal. But this, this, I, I've sat under the word and, 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 and the Holy Spirit working with the word, what, what Brother Joseph talked about, the Holy Spirit working with the word and bringing revelation like Peter got when Jesus, when he said to Jesus, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. He had this revelation on the inside of him. This is what I believe. I've got revelation right now. And I've seen, I've seen this word produce in our life. So we'll end here, Mark chapter 4. Well, uh, verse... Three says, um, a sower went out to sow. And so uh, he talked about sowing. And then skip down to verse 13. Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all parables? The sower sows the word. So right now the word is being sown. Now, there are preachers that have used this scripture... Uh, some 30, some 60, some 100 fold in terms of when we give. Now, that's not taking it way out of context because, because that is something that if you receive, um, say, about sowing and reaping, if you receive that in your heart and believe, it, and believe for it and put your faith on it, then that can be true in your life about your giving, 30, 60, 100 fold. But this whole passage is dealing with sowing the word of God. And how the word of God is a seed that right now is going forth. And, and the sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately. I've heard many people say, if not sooner. And takes away the word that was sown in our hearts. Why is it so important if the word's not a big deal that he comes immediately to steal it? Could it be that he 
might know the importance of the word more than most Christians. Could it be that he might know what the word can do in their life more than they do? These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. But they have no root in themselves, so they only endure for a time. And afterwards, tribulation, persecution arises, watch this, for the word's sake. Immediately they stumble. Now these are the ones uh, among thorns that they hear the word and cares of the world, deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things entering in choke the word. They choke the word. So these other things that, that it's talking about, tribulation, persecution, cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches, desires for other things, are also encounters that we have. They are things that we come up against. They are, they are encounters. So Satan, when the word is sown and you encounter the word, will send other encounters so that the encounter of the word doesn't change you forever. And we see this in the life of Peter. In Matthew chapter 14, Peter said, Lord, if it be you, tell me to come. They're in the boat. It says the waves are contrary. The boats are rocking. They see something like a ghost. It's Jesus. He said, Lord, if it be you, tell me to come. And Jesus, the word, says, come. So he gives Peter the word. Peter receives the word and steps out according to the word. When he steps out according to the word, he is walking on water. He is living in the supernatural. He is living beyond his norm. But then what happened? It says that he saw that the winds were now boisterous. Well, first they were just contrary. Now they're boisterous. What either, Dr. Savell said it last Sunday, what either of those things have to do with walking on water, we don't know. Because whether they're contrary or boisterous, you can't walk on water. But these were encounters for the word's sake so that Peter wouldn't continue to walk in the supernatural. We are a supernatural being and we're meant to live supernatural lives. How you live your life supernaturally will be according to what you receive in the word and what you believe. I'm preaching better than you're saying amen tonight. So if my senses or difficulties or circumstances speak to me louder than the word, then I will surrender my life to those things. I'll yield to them. But when you have a a word from God, let me just say this other thing. This is to help you. There are God-given dreams. There are God-given visions. But there's also just weird dreams. And you got to know the difference. And you got to be able to balance that with the word. 
My red flag goes up when someone says, I only hear God by dreams. Then, then I go, wah, wah, wah. Uh, there's a whole word from God right here. And so it's all got to line up. And so when, when, uh, when someone comes to me and says, well, I had a dream that this, this, and this, okay. Um, I'm pretty sure that uh, it doesn't talk about pink elephants crossing the street on Tuesday. Um, whether they had horns on their head or not, I'm not sure if that's something you should hold on to or not. You probably should just get rid of that. And then maybe consider what you're watching on television that would cause you to think, dream something like that subconsciously. But there are dreams or visions that God gives. It says, it says uh, in the last days, there'll be dreams and visions. So there are those that God gives. So, so if that happens, we go to the Lord and say, Lord, what, what is this? What, what, are you, what are you trying to show me? If he doesn't speak, then maybe it wasn't from him. Because it, it, should, it should quicken something to line up with it. You got that for free. The biggest thing, one of the biggest things about the last days, it said, Lord, you know, what will be the sign of your coming? And the first thing he says is, be not deceived. Well, he's given us his word so that we can have a solid foundation. Dr. Hagen uh, used to always say, too much Holy Spirit and not enough word, you'll blow up. Too much word and not enough Holy Spirit, you'll dry up. The Holy Spirit will testify of the word. And so when people are saying, oh, we had a great move of the Holy Spirit, you know, uh, this happened and, and this happened and, and, it's, and it's weird. There's stuff that's happening out there that, I mean, it says that he can disguise himself as an angel of light. I'm not telling you this to put fear in you. I'm telling you this to warn you that we, that we balance everything with the eternal word of God. And this is our foundation. This is what makes people solid. And not, uh, John Osteen used to say, kooky. We got a bunch of kooky Christians. We got kooky, you're kooky. When I heard the word that I could be healed. I don't have to live with pain. I don't have to live with sickness. I don't have to live with disease. I received that word. I received healing. Have you ever received healing in your life? Physical healing? How about emotional healing? Well, where do we find that out? From the word. It tells us right there. It's an encounter with the word that says, oh yeah, you know what? Thank you for reminding me. Thank you for stirring me up by, by reminding me of what the word says. Because, because sometimes we forget. So we have to go back. We got uh, scriptures on healing. We got scriptures on prosperity. I was so glad when, when it was said that, that you don't have to be poor. He came to preach the gospel to the poor. And so I received a word that said, If you sow or if you give, it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. And so this is something that we received. It was a seed that was sown. And so when it says, these are the ones, I'll stop right here. These are the ones sown on good ground. Say, I'm good ground. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it. You hear, you receive it. And bear fruit. That means you put it into practice. Some 30, 
Psalm 60 and Psalm 100 fold. So this whole thing is talking about the seed of the word of God that will produce the life of God. What's the life of God? Abundant living, life as God lives. You mean we can live like God lives? Oh, yeah. And talk like he talks and walk like he walks. So this is, can I have 30 of the life that God lives? Well, I would say that's a lot better than a lot of people are living. That's way better than the world's living. But the hundred, I mean, I want all the fullness of the life that God has for me and everything that he's called me to do and walk in. How do I get that? From the word. I accept it. I hear it. I accept it. And it bears fruit in my life. Let's help you tonight. You got it tonight. You got an encounter with the word. Father, let this word burn in our hearts tonight. Let it burn. Stand with me real quick. Stand with me. Lord, lift your hands. Lord, let this word burn in our hearts. Lord, we are of those that will not quit. You know, there was even great men in the Bible that wanted to quit. Jeremiah wanted to quit. He was up against a a tough circumstance. And he's having this conversation with God. And ultimately what he said was, your word was like a fire. And it was in my bones and I couldn't contain it. So the word can get on the inside of you so that even when you come up against times where you want to quit, it'll cause you not to quit. It says, continue in my word and you'll be my disciples. So, Father, let this word, I believe, sown on good ground tonight. Lord, let it produce and not be choked. Father, let not the cares of this life, the deceitfulness of riches and the cares for other things not choke this word tonight. And we just water it, Lord, by faith right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen.